Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I am so excited for my guest today. I have Emma on with me. Hey, girl. <laughs> hello. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. I um, I know I mentioned this before I hit record, but I am so obsessed with you. I have been following your Instagram account. Well, for, for the fans, a little history. Um, <laughs> Emma and I met, wow years and years ago like decades probably yeah uh <laughs> yes we used to go to the same summer camp um you know shout out camp st andrews <laughs> which is crazy i mean it's been like years and then you know obviously you get connected on social and then um i've just been following all your posts about life coaching and they're just so inspiring i was like okay i've I've got to get her on the show. I feel like you have just such a positive outlook and attitude. So thank you so much for being on with me. Oh my gosh, of course. It's so fun. And, you know, like you said, just being such like integral parts of like important things to both of us from when we were Mm -hmm. growing up. It's so fun to reconnect and be able to, I don't know, just chat and catch up and talk life, you know, 20 years later, however long it's been. Completely. Be nice to people at at summer camp, you guys. You never know when they're going to be guests on your podcast. That's true. (laughs) Well, I wanted to kick it off if you um, wouldn't mind giving us like a little bit of background on like what exactly it is you do, how you got into it. Yeah, yeah. So um, to be specific, I'm a life coach. What that means is that I help people break the patterns that don't work for them anymore. And there's so much that lives subconsciously in our world that we don't consciously realize we're making meaning about. Mm -hmm. I like to say like we're meaning making machines. Everything that we have an emotional trigger or reaction to is based on a meaning that we created. It has nothing to do with the situation, nothing about the other people, nothing to do with anything except for what you create in your brain. And that's not to discredit what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And it's also to take your power back and say, okay, great. What rhetoric, what story am I choosing to create? Yeah. Um, and so I work with people on getting really aware of what's going on under the hood of the car, like what's really happening on the inside so that we can have a really badass, I guess, whatever kind of car you want to have. I don't have attachment <laughs> to if it's like a Ferrari, I don't even know. Any <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But like, I don't have attachment to what kind of car you want to be. I just have attachment to helping you gain clarity on what kind of car you want to be and then getting under the hood and getting all of the mechanics situated so that you can go out and do it. So um, vision clarity and mindset are my two biggest focuses with clients. And um, most of the women who I work with teeter in the world of like either they feel like they've been too much like they're too much for other people to handle or society or Instagram, like whatever. I feel that. Yes. Yep. Or there's <laughs> like, I mean, and, or I guess it's a mixture of things. There's a lot of people pleasing, like who mm-hmm. do I need to be, to be loved in this situation? Cause that's how we were taught as kids to get love, get good grades. Um, be nice to your sister. Yeah. Be, do your chores, like whatever, like the good girl. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of people pleasing. Who do I need to be to be loved? Um, there's a lot of external validation. Like I need somebody else to say, oh, that was a good job for me to feel like it was a good job. Or like if I'm hosting, I hear this a lot. This is interesting. Like I'm hosting a dinner party. If I don't feel like people are having fun, it's not a good dinner party. 
Like, oh my gosh, that could not have come. You could not have said that the most perfect time for like a personal. I mean, we're talking to everybody, but I feel like you're, we're just talking one-on-one here because I literally was the maid of honor at this bachelorette party I, I went to. And I had like a little mini, luckily it was a little quiet breakdown because I got so nervous that everyone wasn't having fun. And I feel that that pressure so hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why why? Like everyone's clearly wasted having a time. Mm-hmm. Why is it that now it's interesting that you said the hosting? Cause I haven't heard too many people talk about that specifically of like when you're hosting your mindsets, like if everyone's not having fun, it's like not a success. Mm-hmm. But I think you put so much pressure on yourself to have it be a success that it, for you, you're not enjoying it, which I did enjoy it. Like for anyone who's listening that went to the batch, it was a 10 out of 10. I had so much fun. It was just like the split moment when I was like, Oh my God, I'm so nervous that no one's having fun. Totally. And then are you open to just a baby bit of feedback? Oh my God. Give it to me all. This is amazing. (laughs) I just like to ask for permission because sometimes that's not the case. Um, (laughs) Notice too how you were talking about having that breakdown and needing to do it quietly. Yeah. Like having judgment. This is the other thing. Like we have emotions about our emotions. We make them wrong. We make them too much. We make them, that's so stupid. Like I shouldn't be caring about this. I know I shouldn't be caring about this, but here I am. Um, So we create then shame around our experiences, around what's actually coming up for us, as opposed to like, meeting what's happening with like, oh, okay. Hi, anxiety about wanting to be liked and loved. I see you. Thanks for being here. I know you're here to try to keep me safe. And um, this isn't super effective right now. And then like getting in touch and using the different tools and practices of like, okay, cool. I need to connect with my inner child and like give her a nice little pep talk right now. Like, girl, we're safe. We're loved. Everybody here is having a good time. And even if they didn't, you know what? That doesn't mean shit about you. God. You know? I don't don't know. We're having a session. I'm into it already. I already (laughs) feel better. I I feel like it's so hard. Like that pressure is so intense on on that. And it's interesting. Yeah. I totally think about it in a way where I'm like immediately apologizing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like get snippy or break down or do any of that, you know, and you feel like this constant need to like, not tell anybody that you're having a hard time, which I try really hard to do through social and be honest about things that are going on. And I think it's like, it's so difficult though, because that's just so not the way our brains are wired growing up. It's like, be quiet. Don't tell anyone like hide. And I love that idea of just being open about it and, and not being like ashamed of your own emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. it. That makes me so happy. I do want to know what, what made you get into this field and did you always kind of know you wanted to do this or no came (laughs) to you? (laughs) Yeah. So it's such a good question. And like, I wish that there was a super simple answer, but some, some background. I also have a consulting company with my dad. Love that. that. Um, yeah, that we take a lot of what we're talking about today of the coaching stuff and sprinkle uh-huh. it in corporate America because awesome. these same things, this, this makes my job really easy. There are root patterns that pop up that hinder our entire lives. It's like, I think about it as a, um, 
like a grapevine kind of, and there's mm-hmm. all of these grapes. And then the grapes have little vines that are attached to bigger vines that are eventually attached to one big vine. The one big vine is usually coming back to, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving. Right. Um, and that is no different in the workplace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yes. <laughs> anyways, all of that to say it's the same stuff, just different modalities of teaching in the workplace and putting a spin on strategic growth, vision, how to like work and engage a human being as opposed to just somebody who is your employee. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, all of that to say, work with my dad. And he said to me, Hey, I really want you to get trained in neuro-linguistic programming, which sounds really fancy, but essentially it's just looking at our mind maps and how the brain works. Um, how we create belief patterns and then how do you rewire them Uh to make the ones that are ineffective, effective, essentially. Interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, dad, whatever. Like I kind of, (laughs) you know, I was like, right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Oh, excuse me. Oh, hi. I love dogs. I love when dogs come on the show. Um, So essentially I went to this class. It was like a six month training. Super awesome. Super interesting. I was always into psychology as a kid. Like I thought I wanted to be a forensic psychologist and then did Ooh, some, uh-huh. um, stuff in college. And I was like, mm, never mind. Like hard turn. That's going to be a no. <laughs> and so when we, when we were doing this neuro-linguistic program, which is M- NLP for short. So I'm going to call mm-hmm. it NLP from here on out because it's easier to say. Totally. I started to like realize, oh, this is everywhere. And everyone is experiencing the same thing. Like it doesn't matter, you uh-huh. know, we had people in that course who were like Yogi Super Granola. We had people in that course who were corporate America people who mm-hmm. were like finance analysts. I don't even know proper terminology for that. <laughs> and, um, and everyone had stuff. It was like yeah. nobody's immune to it. Yeah. And so I started to put those pieces together and realized, okay, cool. So this is more than just, I think we grow up with this idea of like, I'm so special. I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. I'm the one that's experiencing this. And it's like, no, everybody experiences it. Yeah. It's just suppressed as hell, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, this is a cussing podcast for sure. I didn't give you that intro before. I always forget, but I love it. Um, that's we're good. very open. It's, it's coming from radio where I wasn't allowed. I was like, when I have a podcast, we're going to be like, let's do it. Yes, girl. <laughs> you say I what you it. want. I'm here for <laughs> And then to be transparent with you, my life just started to crumble a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if you know this. My brother has like disassociated from our family completely. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And um, I thought I was going to marry this man and we broke up. Like it was just a yeah. whole everything came crashing down at one time and I was sort Mm -hmm. of at rock bottom and I had gone to therapy for years. I mean, that was like the thing that I knew to do to go get fixed. Yes. Therapy, to be frank with you, didn't work for me. I'm not against therapy. I don't think therapy is bad. I think it serves a purpose and it wasn't effective for me. So then I went to a psychiatrist, got on some anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication. Love it. Love it. Yep. Yep. Um, and was working with her, you know, I would have to go have sessions with her to like re-up my medication every month or every quarter yeah. or something like that. And I was like, I just still, you know, the medication was great. 
because yeah. it was numb. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just wasn't feeling. Yeah. Um, which is what I was used to in life anyways, because supp- like suppression was the name of the game for me growing up. Totally. And so I had a, I had gone to some event in 2015 and I had followed some girl from that event and she had posted like, Hey, I've got a spot open for my coaching practice. If, if anybody is looking for a coach. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like I kind of knew from being at that event. Right. Um, reached out to her. Yeah. I said, I don't even know what it is that you do. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's like so vague. I don't really get it. And she was like, that's great. Let's just pop on a call and talk. And we did. And I ended up hiring her. It was, I've never spent that much money on anything in my entire life. Nothing, not a car, not a mattress, nothing. Right. And I was like, what the hell? But I also felt like, what is there to lose? Truly. I'm like at rock bottom. So. And you're investing in yourself, which is the right move. Yep. (laughs) So I did, I worked with her for 12 weeks intensely, like once Mm -hmm. a week coaching and my entire life changed. Oh, I love this. Every single part of my life changed. That's when I decided to move to California or move back to California. I should say. Welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) Um, That's like the way that I started to see the world and see myself and see situations of like, Oh, I co-create everything. Yeah. Everything. It was the biggest like slap in my face and sting of my entire life. And also the most empowering one. It was like, if I could create all of this subconsciously Mm -hmm. and like my life was pretty great. I mean, yeah, I was at rock bottom at the time, but it's like, I had a roof over my head. I had a job. I started a company with my dad. Like I had amazing friends. Right. Right. What could I create if I like got under the hood of that car and started tweaking some things and really getting back to the core of who I am. Like, I don't really believe in the people are broken and need to be fixed. That's like Mm -hmm. not my jam. Yeah. Um, I think there's just a lot of debris and shit around us that we get to peel back the layers of and say like, Oh, that's not mine. That came from my teacher in first grade or from my mom or from my friend when I was a kid that I learned not to share my emotions or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I, I, Oh my God. I, oh, I got a little like teary when you brought that up. Cause it's just so like, I think one thing I want to mention, cause I mentioned a lot of therapy on this podcast and I think it's so great cause there's people who go and it doesn't, it doesn't work for them or it doesn't feel right. And it's so great that you share that to let people know there's another option. Mm-hmm. D- try it. And if it doesn't work, there's these other things that you can do. But what the point is, is investing in yourself and working in yourself. So I love that that got mentioned. And I think I totally feel the rock bottom and, and, and that part, I think that's probably where I'm at right now. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. went through a breakup too. Totally thought I was going to get married as well. Th- started making phone calls and I was like, Oh my God, I'm calling all my friends being like, uh Oh, like mm. <laughs> I thought I'd call you to tell you I'm getting married, but I'm actually calling you to tell you, tell you we broke up. But I, but what's so weird is I've actually been a little bit not excited. It's not the right word. I can't find the right word for it, but like, I feel like things are just going to have to go up from here. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only option. Like mm-hmm. if, if you hit that, that low point and I think it's so great, you know, not, not happy you went through that, but it's always happy. It's always nice to hear. And that's one thing I hear from listeners that they love is like just learning about how, you know, it feels like when you're that low, like this is it and it's not going to get better. 
but just hearing, you know, your story and, you know, I love sharing mine. It's like, but it is. And I think that's what's so magical about those small, like hard moments is that they turn into something amazing. And now you've got this, you still have your company with your dad and you're doing your life coaching. I just think that is so amazing. And I am so inspired by your story already. I just am obsessed, obsessed with you is what I'm getting at. (laughs) I do have a question for you. So I know, I, I didn't know how exactly to ask this, but I'm curious as the only way I think to put it is how do you measure like success with your client? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, so like the super non-sexy version is I use a calibration tool. Really? I love that. Okay. So there is some like technicalness to it. Well, I mean, it's like on a scale of one to 10, what's your relationship like with your body? What's your relationship like yourself with your um, parents with like, we go through that the first session and then we go through that the last session and you can compare, but the, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, um, a lot of therapists use that method as well, but Mm -hmm. they use it specific to like, how strong is your anxiety right now? Right. And, and I don't, well, I have a lot of opinions about that. I'm sure you can imagine, but like, (laughs) um, I, I mean, anxiety and depression and really any mental health this is like a controversial belief, but this is what I believe. Any mental health situation is a traumatic response. I'm sorry. It's a trauma response in the body. It's your you body. Know, I'm starting to, to see that it. on TikTok. I've ended up somehow, well, not, not somehow. I'm actually not surprised at all because I talk about this shit all the time, but like I've ended up on like emotional TikTok and I've seen that be said before that like it, that it's a lot of trauma. And like, mm-hmm. they start talking about things that are just like, oh, did you realize that like, this is a trauma response? And I'm like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. And I think the thing is too, like, anytime I bring up trauma, I like to be really clear about this. Like we as a society have a belief around trauma that it's like this big, bad, scary thing. And it's, yeah. it's like, has to be a big event. Like you were raped or your mm-hmm. dad hit you when you were growing up or your mom wasn't around or you got in a car accident and you can't feel your legs anymore, like whatever. But trauma, there's like capital T trauma, which is those things. Yeah. And then there's lowercase T trauma, which is like the stuff, my, my belief around lowercase T trauma is it's any time in your life that you generated a new belief pattern about yourself or about how you see the world. Oh my gosh. That's, I, I actually really, I'm glad you said that too. Like I said, I'm getting my own session here. It's very helpful. Hopefully it's helpful for everybody else. I know it will be. But I, when I heard that, I kept thinking like, I just feel like there wasn't that much, like you go immediate to like, what horrible thing happened in my yeah. life that made me this way. And I've like sat my parents down and my sister and I'm like, okay, I sat down with my sister the other day and I'm like, did mom and dad lie to you? Like, do you know something I don't know? Like, why am I like, like, why am I having these, like, I hear now it's trauma. So it's now interesting to hear you say that because our minds immediately, I'm like, what happened? Did like, Mm -hmm. did I secretly get like hit by a car and like no one told me like, you know what I mean? Like what's making me feel this way? So it's interesting that that's a whole different way to think about the traumas. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I relate to you a lot. Like I, through an outside looking in, like my childhood was bomb. Like we yeah. traveled a lot. My parents were super well off. We had anything you could dream of. Like I was lucky enough to just kind of have. And I mean, it was just yeah. like this picture perfect world. And I went into this work feeling the same way. I was like, well, I didn't have anything super traumatic happening to me. 
yeah, I was fine. I had a happy childhood. It was all good. And that also didn't look at like, okay, what were my parents like when I was growing up? Were they emotionally available? Were they encouraging my relationship with my emotions? Mm -hmm. What were their relationships like to their emotions? Were they consistent? Were they inconsistent? Were they, you know, like there's so many different parts of our experience, especially as kids, that creates all of these belief systems around us. And this is like a classic example that I always use to share, because this was one of the first things that I learned in NLP. And I was like, oh gosh. Um, like one for me was sitting around the dinner table and, and you might find this funny because I know you know my brother, he, just like super nerdy, like kid was watching the History Channel when we were eight. And I was like, what yes. are you doing? Like, I'm here for Disney and you're on the History <laughs> Channel and I just don't understand. Yeah. And I was doing an NLP practice and tracked back to this one experience that was really a repetitive experience that just like sort of re-imprinted the same belief system for a lot of my life um, where my dad and mom and brother were talking about, I don't know, politics, history channel. I don't know what, cause I couldn't engage or chose not to engage in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm like talking about my little play horse that I had and wanted them to talk to me about my play horse. Right. And there was, you know, dismissal. It was like, we're having this conversation right now, Emma, like, thank you for playing with your horse. You play with that. And we're going to have this conversation. And in like normal world, I mean, my parents are phenomenal. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they missed the mark in that specific situation of validating and saying, oh, let me see your horse. And like, I can't even imagine what this is like as a parent, because I'd imagine having right. super annoying also. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so like, no, no hate there. But um, I created from that experience and then experiences like it moving forward. Like my opinion doesn't matter. The things that I care about aren't as important as the things that other people care about. Um, don't speak up when you care about something or like yeah. stay quiet. Your job is to stay quiet. We're having a grown up conversation. So there's these little like micro traumas, lowercase uh -huh. traumas that come along and create belief systems about ourselves that are like so deeply implanted. We don't even see it. Like I would have yeah. consciously remembered, oh, I was sitting at the dinner table and my mom like wrote me off because we're having a conversation with your brother about the history channel. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, which was on him for being such a nerd. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> That is fascinating and it totally changes the game. And I think it's like, you know, people miss this information. And I think the more it's talked about, the more we're going to see these like amazing changes in our thought patterns and how we talk to people. And like, like you said, I mean, no one's obviously perfect. And I too can't imagine being a parent. My short time as a, you know, a counselor at the camp that we, you know, went to, mm -hmm. it was enough for me to know that that's a very hard job to do. So it's hard to like, kind of think about all that. And like, what kind of advice would you give someone who might want to like, start identifying these? Like, how do you kind of start getting in this different mindset of identifying these maybe lower, lower T traumas? Yeah. Um, my belief is that the awareness generates choice and the choice can generate freedom. So Love the that. first thing I do with any of my clients is teach them how to begin to observe mm -hmm. their thoughts and behaviors and beliefs without judgment about them. So yeah. this comes back to that, um, 
what we talked about earlier of having emotions about our emotions. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, great. So, you know, usually we'll start with some like homework assignments with, with a client who just comes to me and I'll say, just see what happens and just watch yeah. yourself. Just like notice, okay, I'm procrastinating. Okay. I really don't want to do those things. Okay, great. We don't need to make that wrong, but let's just look at what do you think you're protecting yourself from by procrastinating or by not doing those things? Mm-hmm. And like bottom line, most of the time it's around safety. Our brains don't like unfamiliar territory, uh-huh. like uncomfortable territory. And so that's where like fight, flight, freeze, um, appease response comes in physiologically. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think where therapy and coaching, um, has some differences in that coaching integrates a lot of somatic and physiological integration and body response that I didn't get to experience in therapy. I'm not saying that's mm-hmm, not available mm-hmm. in therapy. I just didn't experience it there. Yeah. Um, so awareness, that's what I would say is get super aware of what you're doing and then question yourself all along the way. Like what's yeah. the meaning that I'm making here? Oh, I wonder why I'm dropping into overwhelm because overwhelm is just a response. That's not like who you are, what's going on. So what is this overwhelm trying to protect me from? Yeah. Um, It's like curiosity without the judgment. Yeah. That would be step one. I think that's super great and actually brings me into, you know, this kind of conversation about positive self-talk because I know I've been talking about this a lot in my blog and all the podcasts because it's pretty much the only way I figured out how to get through this time of this. I mean, as you know, because you went through a breakup yourself and I think almost everyone listening has probably, it's like, that is such a weird, that's such a weird moment where you're questioning for at least my experience. I feel like I'm questioning everything, like mm-hmm. everything about my confidence, my mm-hmm. physical appearance, my mental state, like that all got changed by making this decision and, and losing this person that was, was my main support system. Mm-hmm. And so now I've just had to become that for myself, which I have been doing trying to do for years, but now it's like, girl, you got no other choice. It's just you now. Um, so what kind of role do you think it, positive self-talk plays and, and what kind of, how do you think people should start for someone who maybe be, has been trapped in negative thought patterns their whole life? Yeah, this is a great question. And I have lots of feelings about it, but I'm going to try and keep it short. Cause I know I could be long-winded. Um, <laughs> I love so it. there's a scale, mm-hmm. there's a sliding scale. There's on one side, this like super horrible inner self critic that's telling you, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. Why do you suck so bad? Nobody's ever going to love you. You're never going to be enough. Blah, blah, blah. We have that. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody can relate to that on some level, even mm-hmm. if you don't want to admit it. Most people, every person I've ever met have, has experienced that. Yeah. And then there's this way on the other side of the scale, this experience of my opinion, toxic positivity, where positivity becomes another suppression tool. It's a compensatory strategy. It's like, how do I keep myself from feeling that thing? And then there's a happy medium, which in my belief is looking at, um, and I speak this because I've done this myself. Like I'm, I'm so aware of it because this is the pattern that I held of like, I went straight from 
okay, COVID-19, perfect example. It was like, yeah. we're fine. Everything's going to be fine. This is a really great time to like turn inward and reflect and like, yeah. oh, so great. And like, yeah, for sure. That's not, not true. Yeah. And for me, I used that as a suppression technique of like, I'm really scared and what the hell is going to happen? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And it's like, actually, how do you meet? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. With what the hell is going to happen and let both coexist. Yeah. And let both be like, quote, right. I don't believe in right, wrong, good or bad, but like yeah. both get to be the truth. Yeah. You get to be positive and like boost yourself up because most people live in that lack of self-love, lack of self-worth space. So we yeah. want to pull out of that, but then we don't want to boomerang too far the other direction. Yeah. Because then it's inauthentic and it's suppression. It's just like binge eating, drinking, social media, over shopping, mm-hmm. over exercising. It's the same thing, just a different modality. That is so fascinating. And I, I completely agree. And I love, I think that example you gave was so perfect because I didn't know what word to put to it of the, you know, we were in this pandemic and you were trying so hard not to be afraid of it, that everybody was saying exactly that. Like, I feel like that's what I heard. That's what I was trying to tell myself, like, okay, it's going to be a good thing. But then also was like, at some point you get tired. And I think that's where, if you keep it, if you do go it too hard, I would assume, I mean, you tell me if I'm way off base on this, but I would assume you just get so tired, then you just go back to the negative because it's at that point you're exhausted. If you think, if you have to have every single thought be a positive one, I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah. And it's like, it's just the push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down, push Mm -hmm. it down. And eventually with any type of emotion, you can push it down, push it down, push it down. And then it's going to show up in other ways. Yeah. It's going to show up as anxiety, as depression, as, I mean, you name it all of the things that I just listed overeating, over drinking, over drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Overeating's a favorite of mine personally, you know, same girl. (laughs) (laughs) And what would you, how do you catch yourself, you know, from being too positive? Like what, what do you think are the signs of someone who might be letting that kind of take over and become, you know, a -hmm. little bit more unhealthy than healthy? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's getting really honest with yourself. Yeah. I think it's connecting to, I'm a big, I'm, I know I've mentioned it already here, but I'm a big fan of inner child work and like reparenting, mm-hmm. really giving the different parts of you, higher self, ego brain, inner child, a voice Yeah. in the situation. And like your higher self could be like positive, positive, positive. Yes. But you also might have a little girl in there who's like, oh my God, my heart is smashed. And I'm so sad and I'm so scared. Yeah. And like, we get to honor and acknowledge all of it. So, I mean, get honest with yourself, spend time journaling or meditating or like whatever. Those modalities I think are sometimes annoying because people have a certain yeah. idea of what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. And we could get into that, but I won't. Um, but- Girl, if you think you're not coming back for another session, we might have to. This has been a, such a good episode. I'm already excited. I'm like, I have to have her back. <laughs> I, I, think I could talk about this stuff for days. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's awareness and being really honest with yourself of like, okay, is this actually real for me or is this a coping strategy? Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the journal and the meditation. We've got about five minutes left and I wanted to ask you about tools. So, you know, you mentioned those two. I am a huge 
journaling freak now. That's like how I ended up getting a blog because I was like writing about this breakup and I was like, that's, I might as well just share this shit at this point because it's, it's written it well enough to me, but are there any, any other tools or any like journal prompts or any, any advice you have for someone who might just start, be starting to think about, you know, maybe getting into this, which everybody should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And hell yes for you for putting your story out there, because I know that that feels vulnerable and edgy or it can. And by you doing that, you're becoming the permission slip for other people to be good with whatever they're feeling and like creating this opening. So I love that you're doing that. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as far as tools go, I mean, there's like unlimited options. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I put journal prompts all the time on my Instagram story. So come check that out. I think that there are a lot of different, um, books or like journal prompt journals that are Mm pre-made. Yeah. I go to every day, three questions. Number one, what am I grateful for? And Uh um, that's a literal pattern interrupt and rewire in your brain. Like, yes, it's cute, airy fairy, but also there's like some psychological components behind it too. Two is um, what are you really proud of yourself for? And sometimes that can be, I got my ass out of bed today and I didn't want to get up. Yes. Or that could be like, I spoke my needs in my relationship and that felt uncomfortable, but I'm staying true to who I am and that feels really good. Oh. I love that one. <laughs> yes, and then number three is what is my intention for the day? Again, attention. It's like, oh. okay, we get it. But it's like, what do I want to experience? Yeah. The emotional experience that I want to have. And then how am I going to create that for myself? So those are my three go-to every single day. Oh, I love that. Um, and then, yeah, I think creating time by yourself whether it's meditating or just without social media mm-hmm. or without your dogs or whatever, like really spending time by yourself and getting in touch with like, okay, what am I experiencing today? And making it all okay. Like being your own validation system. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think we're, we are so afraid of being alone mm-hmm. as if I, I caught this in myself definitely. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that's one, one of the things I was like, oh, through this breakup, I'm going to like figure this part out. So like, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think being alone is important. It's scary for people. Yeah, of course. I want to make sure if someone wants to find you, which they all should, everybody listening should definitely give you a follow because as someone who lives and breathes your social, um, you know, or wants to get coaching, what, how do they find you? Yes. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. It's at Emma M as in Marie Garrison, or my website is emmagarrisoncoaching.com. You can see the different offerings that I have there. And yeah, I mean, that's the best way to find me. Oh my gosh. Great. And I'll link it all in, in the comments below. But I just have to say this was such an amazing, just beautiful podcast. It was so great to hear like your story and, and thank you for being so open and sharing and coming on with me. And I, I don't think this is the last time, as long as you had fun that we will be seeing you on. I'm sorry. What? Hopefully. (laughs) Yes. Always happy to come back anytime. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much. And yeah, everybody, please go give Emma a follow. Um, trust me, you will not be disappointed. Um, sometimes when I'm just like having a tough day, I'll sneak back on your Instagram (laughs) and check out, read some of your posts and like, 
all right, girl, you got this. You got this. Look at Emma's telling you, you got this. Yes, <laughs> mama. If anyone is interested in coaching, um, definitely find the website and, and join it. It sounds awesome. And it was so great to, to hear the difference between the therapy and the coaching. And thank you so much for sharing and being on. Always. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you like comment and subscribe. I hope you love this episode as much as I did and got something from it. I am obsessed. It makes me so happy to listen to and I hope it makes you happy too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay. Bye.